Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right. So here we are. Uh, I'm not going to say what episode number, because I don't know when we're going to actually get this published. But we, Amanda and I, are pretty excited. We've got a guest on the podcast today. Um, so those of you who have listened before, we've had one other uh, episode. Well, who knows in the order of episodes this will be, but we're excited to have uh, one of our session mates from the Salvation Army's uh, officer program, uh, Kenneth Jones with us today. Kenneth, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks guys for having me. We're excited, excited right Amanda? Oh yes. Kenneth is uh, is great. He um, is always a guy who has great passion and ideas and a sense of humor. And um, yeah, we're just blessed to have you um, with us sharing some of your brain juice. That came out <laughs> weird, but I'm going with it. As always, friends, we're unscripted. I'm just saying. It's always unscripted. So, Ken, <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, like you guys, been uh, an officer in Salvation Army for four years. Crazy to think about how next year it will be captains. Yeah. So I don't get I don't get those cool uh, lieutenant names like Lou and Lieutenant and LT. Yep. Uh, so I'm gonna kind of miss it. Gonna miss that. Uh, but anyway, I'm also stationed in St. Clair County, which is on the other side of the Mississippi River in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, my wife and I, we've been here for a year now. So just really learning the ropes, learning the, the, the county, the ministry, uh, and really excited about this upcoming season. Uh, we kind of felt like coming here, most, most cores struggle anyway with numbers, mm-hmm. but with COVID, you kind of almost have to start from scratch. Yeah, and luckily here there was a lot of good pieces that we can build from. Um, and really just looking to replant, restructure, mm-hmm. and revitalize uh, what has already been put together at this appointment. So programs will start next week. Pretty excited about that. And we got some really cool people that really wanted to be a part of the ministry and also the vision. Um, it, not to get too far into the conversation, but I've just been really blessed with God's sovereignty. Like he's been so good about giving us what we need, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, um, from food, pantry items, um, even support, you know, just yesterday, uh, a guy stepped in and was just talking about, you know, I've been a pastor for 15 years, really want to do ministry in, in, in East St. Louis. Like, what are you guys doing? Share with him what we're doing, what we're looking to do. And he was like, man, I would really love a group of us to volunteer and, mirror those programs in East St. Louis. And I'm just like, praise God. Like, I mean, it was the beginning of conversations in that, but like, God just continues to show, like, take care. Like, if you take care of what I give you, like I'll mm-hmm. fill in the gaps and the rest. Yeah. You know, that when you're talking, Ken, I just, um, we've talked about this before, Jenny, on the podcast, but mm-hmm. that's how, that's the difference between a good idea and a God idea is that God will yeah. meet need, you know, cause you can have all the good ideas in the world and you're rolling stuff. And then all of a sudden you'll get a phone call and be like, Hey, I have this thing you were just talking about and you're like, what, what, you know, or I really feel God calling me to do this thing or open whatever. And, but I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it. I don't have the means. I don't have the people. I don't have, I don't, I don't have nothing. And then by, you know, the end of the week, it's all come together and you're like, all right, God, I I mean, I know that this is, that this is from you because he is, he's the right where his vessels for his purpose. And he's the one. If it's his idea, right, he's going to make it happen. So right. I think that's so great um, in Belleville to, you know, w- to wait on God, but no, he's never going to 
expire his idea you know it's mm-hmm. always going to be in his perfect time so that's awesome i'm excited for you guys yeah yeah it's pretty exciting and it's like one of those reminders as you were saying that god will see things through mm-hmm. you know and just just be just be patient and also endure waiting on god doesn't just mean that you're just sitting there saying okay god total their fingers but continuing to do the work and say okay god i know that you're going to come through and uh and sometimes it's difficult to see that you know we talk about kairos moments with the infinitum where mm-hmm. god is constantly interacting with us but it's so easy it's so easy to pass the day and not see his favor but uh so i'm just blessed that not only is god showing up but he's like making it known it's like hey remember this you know i'm doing that i'm doing a great thing here by with this as opposed to you know being in the in the in the um in the smoke of things and unknown yeah i like how you said ken that uh if you if you're responsible with god's with the little things of god like he'll he'll expand it right mm-hmm. it's it's that what are you doing with the small responsibilities I think back to the parables of Jesus, right? Where he gives out the one, the two and the five and the guy with the one buries it, right? The talent. Like, dude, what? You didn't do anything with it. You you got to do something. (laughs) You got to, I got to trust you with this little thing so I can trust you with bigger things. If you can't, if I can't trust you with the little thing, why am I going to give you responsibility for big things? Right. Right. And I can't imagine, um, doing anything outside of God's will like even in the on the corporate side of things I know a lot of that is like stat driven based on money and, and customers and consumers um, but like it's so much more rewarding when you do things for God because one like you know that he's never going to fail but then two in in the areas where you lack like he he fills those gaps mm-hmm. um, and then three he like he never does things where it'll always be what you expect Mm-hmm. so it's, it's always staying on your toes and always and also knowing that like failure to us is a reward or gain to him you know like we even if we look throughout scripture how many times have it looked like man has failed again but then god comes up like nope here i am yeah definitely well and yeah, god, god is our weaknesses and failures too yeah sorry right. Amanda, go ahead Oh, that's right. Yes, absolutely. I was going to just say that same thing pretty much, but God is a big picture thinker. Right. He's a big picture guy and he's setting stuff in motion that has a fruit 50 years from now that we can't even see or think. And we can think, oh, I failed. I mean, how many, how many prophets died thinking they were failures? Right. I mean, um, but, but God's God's plan is, is bigger than all that. And, and, and the beauty of of our relationship with him is he's inviting us to his party. Right. Yep. Because <laughs> we're just, I, I, I've, I've recently been talking about how, like, God is, like, that person in our group project that does all the work. And all we're doing <laughs> is putting our name on it. <laughs> yes. Right. And, he, and he says, is this was a team effort? And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> talking about being carried. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. I like that analogy. That's a good one. <laughs> Dang. I mean, we're already off to a, to a great start. What? Uh, so, what are you studying in right now, or what are you kind of churning in your brain right now, Ken? Yeah. So right now, I'm taking um, say set courses that leads towards a degree. I really want to 
pursue apologetics. Ooh, and so nice. going through Indiana Wesleyan University, and I'm taking philosophy and Christian thinking. Um, and on top of that, just been doing devotions. I've been reading through um, revelations. You know, um, me and Zach, we got uh, mentored by Stephen Court. Okay. And one of the things he pushed towards us is like making sure we're doing da- our daily rations. Um, mm-hmm. So really from the last, for the last probably four or five months, like we've been consistently being in the word every day. And that's like the longest I've ever been my entire life. With, wow. Spending time with God, you know, um, which is, um, which is something sad to say, but I, I'm, I'm, but it's a reminder of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in Revelations, just in the beginning of the third chapter, just talking about the different churches. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that struck struck to me is like, if you read the, the the letters of the churches, it has a similar pattern of, this is who wrote it. This is the words that he has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all the things that he see. Despite all of that, these are the things that you're doing wrong. So repent, and this is your reward. So whoever listens, you know, they will be rewarded. But one of the things that struck me the most is like, how regardless of the good that people are doing, like God still says that it's not enough. And it's not even like a performance thing. Right. It's just that like he wants, he wants all of us, right? Like he, all of a hundred percent of me. Um, and it, it's not just about trying to straddle the fence. I know he talks about that with um, the Laodicea mm-hmm. about being hot or cold. But what, like God wants us to be fully committed and being fully committed doesn't mean that you got to have everything all together. It just means that you're a work in progress, but you're trusting him every step of the way to 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 refine you. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good stuff. That's yeah. Good stuff. Philosophy just, and Christian thinking, huh? Yeah. <laughs> some deep stuff. It is some deep stuff, and I just finished a chapter that um, some of the some of the great philosophers really struggled. Apparently, they've struggled with the church or the Christian theology mixing in with human philosophy. They okay. just really felt that it wasn't something that was necessary or helpful. And it kind of reminds me of like Paul talking about blending, you know, cultures and being careful not to do that, or even being tricked by sound theology or whatever, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, but like those methods are really cool and, 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 and it's really encouraging to, you know, work out your faith in fear and trembling. One of the questions that it talked about was like, um, we can take things to be the basic principles and just accept it as it is, like without any argument. So mm-hmm. things like the Trinity, um, the the virgin birth and those things. But I mean, we we live in a generation or uh, we live in a time where now, like, you got to have an account for it. You got to have an argument for something. And that's not to say that it's it's not reputable, mm-hmm. uh, but more so it's like people want to know how can they want to be assured of how they can know. So I can't just say, well, you just got to believe it because it said so. I, I totally agree, Kenneth. I, I really now um, I think most of us actually even have a similar kind of story with this, but I don't think you can have a true faith if you haven't had a true doubt. Mm. Yeah. Because, because, and, and it's kind of the same thing about people say, well, science and God don't blend. You're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like he literally invented science. I don't, I don't compute what you're saying, but exactly. um, God, God invented us to think, right. Mm-hmm. And to, um, and part of, of the beauty of our relationship 
um, is, is that we get to choose to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can't, you can't really do that if you haven't asked hard questions and there are hard questions and people deserve the space to think them. Right. And, and to question them. And because that's how you grow in. And I think, I think we have a solid enough foundation in scripture that we don't have to be afraid of thought. And I think where church, um, starts to fail is when they try to just, Oh, just take what I say. You know, um, mm-hmm. so as, as a mother, I really try to stay away from the, because I say so. <laughs> right. And, and when I fall into it, it's because I'm tired and lazy and I don't want to deal with it. And you've asked me 15,000 times. Exactly. Um, but but I really try, I really try not to, because it should make sense. Right. If mm-hmm. I can get my kids to buy into, you need to learn how to do dishes. Cause one day you'll be a grown person and no one's coming to do them for you. Right. Um, right. If I can give them the buy-in now at 10, I don't have to have a 23-year-old who just hides dishes under his bed. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> or buy but, paper plates. Or buy paper plates. <laughs> um, but the same thing goes with, with scripture. Give people the space to work those things out because it's strong enough to hold, right? Mm-hmm. But is. when you start to say, oh, just it just is. Or, you you know, oh, oh it's a, a real Christian wouldn't ask that. That's my... Or wouldn't think that or wouldn't like, no, that's why we need each other. That's why we need the body of Christ. We're not islands, right? We need right. the we need to sharpen each other. And you can only, iron can only sharpen iron if it goes into battle with one another. Mm. Right? Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. Clashes, right? If it, it's got a clash, ding, ding, yeah, ding, to sharpen, right? Yeah. Right. That's how we sharpen one another by coming together with these. Now, I'm not talking about bloody things or whatever, but I mean, it needs to come up against each other. We can't have bumper pads on the, on the iron you're talking. You can't, can't yeah. soften the blow with, you know, bumpers and say, oh, but as much as it's from harm, I like it too. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it certainly has made me really rethink how, like, how we do evangelism. Yeah. Even with the whole four, four, fourfold gospel. Because I remember being at a conference years ago at Urbana and they talked about, like, how, like we do, we do such a good good job at giving them the gospel, going to these different places, and then we say, okay, figure this stuff out by yourself. And so it just made me really think, rethink, like, okay, like, what approach should I have in mind when I'm leading people to Christ? Because even even the whole uh, ABC of prayer: accept Jesus, believe in your heart, and confess. Mm-hmm. Um, but believing is not just it's not. It's just, I mean, it's a gateway to so much more knowledge and so much more depth and faith. But but like but of course it has to start with faith. Like you gotta be you gotta be able to say okay, this is what I've come to believe. Are you willing to enter enter a relationship where you're gonna believe this, have faith in this, trust in this, and live by it, knowing that it'll 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 grow from there. Right. Uh, and I think it comes down really to to two questions: Do you believe that God is good? Mm-hmm. And do you believe that He knows what's best? Mm-hmm. Mm. So if you can believe that God is 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 good, like right? that he cannot be evil mm-hmm. and that he truly wants the best for me. I mean, I think that's the the standard of then all the other kind of things I go through that lens. Right. God's goodness and and God's favor essentially. That he wants that no one should perish. Mm-hmm. Right? He you know, um now podcast listeners we are in a, are an Armenian um denomination but we really believe that that 
God wants everyone yeah. and has made a way for everyone yeah. because yeah. he is good and because he knows what's best mm-hmm. for us, right. for the world, whatever. Um, and we can, and we can trust him. That's a solid foundation to stand on. Okay. And yeah. so usually when, I, when I'm evangelizing, that's my number one thing, because what is the first lie in the garden of Eden? You can't trust God. He's right. holding out. He's not trustworthy. He doesn't have your best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. Right? He can give you everything. Right. And and that is the still the lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that and and I think that the at the corest of most of most people, that is the lie. God does not have my best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. So as you guys are talking. Uh, scriptures jump into my head. So I don't know if anybody else went here, but I think of uh, Hebrews chapter 11, when, when the author of Hebrews is talking about Enoch, he says in verse uh, five, um, so he could not be found because God took him away for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And then verse six, this is the key verse, Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists. Mm-hmm. and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah, if you, and I agree, Amanda, I was just having a conversation with a core member yesterday um, who is, he said, you know, sometimes I doubt. I said, well, what does your doubt look like? Because I, do you think that God can't do something or that he won't do something? Cause there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because we should believe that God can do anything. I mean, he can't lie. He can't go against his nature. However, he can do anything as far as healing someone or, or bringing someone to himself or whatever. Again, you have the caveat of, of free will or whatever, but I said, or do you believe he won't? And if, if that's the case, why do you think he won't? He said, well, I just don't always trust that God has has that best interest at heart. I'm like, oh man, he does. He absolutely does. He wants 100% for your best. You just don't mm-hmm. always know what that is. Right. It, and it, it usually doesn't feel good. Yeah, <laughs> often for real. Feel good. Yep. It doesn't, but most correction doesn't, right? Mm-mm. It is for our good. It gets into kids, right? Um, right? It doesn't feel good to discipline your kids. It definitely doesn't feel good for them to be disciplined. But yeah, it'll, work, yeah. it'll end with a better result because an undisciplined child throughout their life, when they reach adulthood, if they were never disciplined, I I will bank everything on this. They will not be a good person. Mm. <laughs> you know, if they got everything they ever wanted for their whole life, right? And were never yeah. challenged because it's in the challenge, right? That we are crafted into the people that we're supposed to be. But God is just and fair, but he's also good. Right. So every correction that we're given, every saying, you're good on these parts, right? You were saying with the churches, doing great here. Right here, it needs some work, right? Right, right. But the great thing about the great thing about God is that He um if we fail a test, the test comes back. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a it's a take it till you pass. <laughs> <laughs> it is. In this, right. certainly in the sense that he disciplines us and he keeps reminding us, uh-huh. he's working with us to try to get that, that thing across. Right. And we see that many examples of different people like Jonah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take it till you pass. I was just dealing with this with a, with a soldier of mine who, um, 
had an opportunity to choose holiness and chose a different way. And so we're reeling through what that meant and what that looked like and what the ramifications are for that. Um, you know, but I said, and so we're talking it through and I said, now I'm going to tell you this test will come again. Because you failed it, I know 100% it'll come back. Right. Yeah. We're going to learn from right now. We're going to learn from right now so that when it comes back, you'll pass. Right. 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 Because we don't, God doesn't throw us to the wolves or whatever when we mess up. Thank the Lord. He's like, oh, you tried eh, next in line. I'll just choose the next one. No, he's big enough that he's with all of us. So when it comes up again, which it will, we're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And that to me is, is I know. So I know that in myself, when I fail, I'll give it, I'll get another chance. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, And I, and I can, you know. I'm just really thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about um, Moses when he was given chances and then he struck the rock the wrong way? Yeah. I was like, well, you ain't going to see the promised land because of that. Right. But in a way he did when he died. So at a distance. At a distance. He saw it at the distance. He was able to see it. There was still a consequence. So spiritually, he did enter the promised land, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But his consequence of failure was a physical promised land. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But in the scheme of, of, of the eternal, him setting foot in Jericho. Right. Meh. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Compared yeah. to <laughs> eternity with the Lord, yes, Jericho was a distant <laughs> second. <laughs> right. Yeah, great question, though. Thank you for uh, sharpening my iron there. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, I mean, no, there is there is consequences. We do have consequences for what we choose. So yeah, yeah. they don't take that test more times than you have to. <laughs> yeah, and we gotta expect we gotta expect the consequences and the trotting like that it's gonna be difficult, as you said. That when we make those choices, um, there's discipline. That's why Psalm 23, and I, I don't really hear it a lot, but like the whole your rod and your staff they comfort me. Mm. And if you know anything about like you know as shepherds. The rod has like this, pretty much like a barbed wire on one end of it. Because whenever they're coming against sheep or wolves or whatever, or even like the sheep, when they're not listening, they would bang at their legs or their or whatever to 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 correct them. And this, and the psalmist literally is saying like that of which brings torture or hurts or pain comforts me. And it's like mm-hmm. it's because I know that there's bigger like danger, right? Right. <laughs> But he's protecting from the bigger day. Don't wander away, sheep. There's a wolf ready to kill you, right? So, right. <laughs> so I gotta wrap that hook around your neck and pull you back in. Not pleasant for a sheep, right? Right. It's because I know more. Yes. And you have yes. no idea of the danger that's lurking should you go your own way. Mm-hmm. Right. And like sheep, we are prone to wander. Like we are prone to wander, and we're we're so stubborn. Like I didn't I didn't realize how like I I knew how in a sense, dumb sheep, sheep were. I also didn't know how evil sheep were. Like, did you know that when sheep are eating, some of them will like stump on the on what they were grazing on to prevent the other sheep from eating? Or if they're drinking, some, some of the sheep, when they're drinking water, they'll like poop and pee <laughs> in the water to get to keep the other ones from drinking. I'm like, that's pretty, I pretty didn't messed know. up. I didn't know that either. That's yeah. intriguing. 
And it's like, well, it's no wonder why, like, we often are compared to being sheep. Because even <laughs> as sheep, like, we were supposed to take care of others, um, but we, we cause harm to them. Yeah. Wow, that's good. I have a favorite sheep video of this sheep that's stuck in a, in this whole ravine type of thing. And uh-huh. they're, like, working really hard, and they pull the sheep up, and the sheep's like, yay! And it's, like, jumping away, and then it goes right back into the ravine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I use it. I've used it several times in sermon analogy. You'll have to just. I mean, you probably could YouTube it, but it's just. Oh, it's you got to that to so me. It's like yay, yay, and then it's like ah, and it's stuck right again, and you're like oh, you know. But like, how like sheep, how like sheep we are, absolutely. But I love that. Yeah, wow. Psalm twenty three about um, about the about the shepherd because that that's from the perspective of a sheep, right? Right. Right. Um, it goes back to that trust, you know, when we are in the valley of the shadow, our shepherd is there, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't just be like, okay, I'll see you on the other side. Bye. You know, good luck. Right. You know? <laughs> right. He's there. He's Here's keeping a us, yeah. He's, um, he's keeping us close to him though. Yeah. With, with his staff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's how we can know that we're safe it's, mm-hmm. because we all go through that, right? Where our shepherd seems far away from us, but he's really not. Right. Every step, he's always been there. Yep. Sometimes we we don't realize he's behind us. Mm-hmm. He's walking right along with us, but we're too dumb to look look around and notice that he's <laughs> he's right there. And yeah, sheep are totally dumb, but it's totally a correct an- analogy for human beings. Right. The way we treat each other, the way we like we go back to the the ravine, right? I don't know how many people, you know, you, you help, you get them up on their feet and then they're right back in their little cesspool again. And you're like, ah, oh, this is so frustrating. Except right. that God probably thinks God? the same, same thing for me. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. Was, He's never like arms folded and it's like, here you, here we go again. Right. Like how many times are I going to pull you out of this? Yeah. <laughs> as many times as it takes though. That's cause that's why we serve a good God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we still have to endure the consequences of those actions. It's not right. like yep. the consequences go away. That is a that is definitely a misconception for a lot of people who think, oh, well, God's forgiven me of this bad thing that I did. Then it should we should be good to go. I don't need to deal with the ramifications of broken relationships or or law. I mean, you know, law enforcement might say, no, we're going to arrest you for that. Even if God forgives you, you still have to answer the court of law. Um, your consequences don't go away. Um, your eternal consequences go away when you're forgiven. Yeah. Right. But your, your worldly ones do not. Right. Not so endure. Yep. Yeah. Something you, you said, Jenny, just reminded me, um, about just a lot of conversations I've had of late and people's idea of God's love. Mm. Um, and that somehow God's love doesn't have discipline attached to it. But that's just a faulty notion. It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Um, or else, like, you know, I stated before, we, we're just not going to be good people if we can't give it give the opportunity to actually learn from a mistake. Right. Mm. Well, and that's some of the challenge with, you know, as kids grow up, if they aren't given the opportunity to, to fail and learn from that failure, right, or learn how to engage in conflict, um, you know, I, I still feel like, and I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just not good at conflict. Right. 
I'm just, I'm yeah. just not good at it. I don't like, I don't like conflict. I will avoid, I will conflict avoid like nobody's business. Right. If I can, <laughs> if I can go around the conflict, I, and I'm talking about relational verbal, you know, those interactions with, with just people in general, but that's not teaching them anything. It's not teaching me anything. You have yeah. to go through the hard work of it. Right. But I want the easy right. road. Well, the easy road is, is never going to be a good road long-term right? Because you'll end up off the path so far away from where you need to be because, and, and when you let it carry on too far down the road, the conflict by, by default gets bigger, right? If you address the small conflict, then it doesn't necessarily get to the big conflict. But if you Mm -hmm. avoid the little one, eventually you're going to have to engage the big one and that's not going to be good or healthy or helpful. And then just tempers flare in people yell and it's just not healthy. Throw fits. Yeah. It's funny how similar um, we as adults throw fits to children, uh-huh. just the older version of it. I see, yeah. I see that so often. And even in myself, it's like, Nope, I'm just throwing a fit. Yep. I'm pouting. Yep. Um, so I joke with my husband. So I'm a verbal processor. And I said, so for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to be spouting nonsense. <laughs> just- <laughs> Because I'm mad and I got to, I just got to process it. So like literally just put me in the closet for 20 minutes. I'm just going to be yelling crazy stuff and then I'll be fine. (laughs) 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 But I know that about myself, you know, (laughs) but at the end of the 20 minutes, is it good? Like, are you done? Sometimes you ever been like in a fight and then you realize you're wrong, but you're just committed. (laughs) Right. And there's no way you you just got to be stubborn and, and, and make it through it. <laughs> Luckily, I have a, a grace abounding husband who understands my shenanigans. Your husband is uh, just, just like leaves a little, like, you know, a Coke and some chocolate by the door. And he's like, just tell me when you're done. It's fine. I love you. Bye. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. That's so great. Uh, but <laughs> Kenneth, I'm sure that you learned some things from your, your kids and spouse and all of that, where, you know, you can learn things about how to engage in conflict resolution and how to not throw fits or, or how to throw them the right way. I mean, I feel like parents learn so much from their kids, almost more than the kids learn from the parents. Yeah, no, for real. You, you are definitely like hitting, hitting it on the mark. I really think that one of the greatest experiences in my faith is being a parent. There's so many Kairos moments that I've had with the girls that like God is like, almost like saying like, yeah, you're right. Like I'm, I make statements and he's looking at me like, mm-hmm. yep, you're right. You know, there's one time that Lorelai was just being defiant and she just like, it just kept getting, not only was she getting in trouble, but she was getting hurt. Yeah. And I said, Lord, I, like, if you would just listen, like, you will not experience this pain. Like, you won't get hurt. And God is like, yeah, Ken, if you just listen, <laughs> you can just trust me. You know, um, one of the, I think one of the biggest revelations that I've gotten, you know, like one of my, I like my confession time is like when the girls are sleeping. Yeah. They're sleeping peacefully. They look so sweet and innocent. And oftentimes when I'm looking at them, I'm like, Man, like they're just such a huge blessing, and 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 it, and I think about the day and some of the things that I did 
bad as a parent or that, or that I lacked in. Um, and I kept asking myself, like, well, like, what really am I fearful for for them in life? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can make a list of all the things that I would like that would just tear my heart um, if they got into or did as adults. But I think my biggest fear as a parent is that my voice would never is that at some point my voice won't mean anything to them. Mm. They 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 will live a life that they they don't care about um, what it will do to me. Mm-hmm. And they would just do whatever they want, and they don't want to listen to me anymore, like as if I don't have any any influence. And um, and it was in that night where I realized, like, man, I wonder if that's how God feels with us. Is that Ooh. we get to a point where like we don't we we don't listen to him because we just don't care or we don't believe that he has mm-hmm. our best interests at heart. And of course, it's in those situations, in those moments in life, those phases where we do some nasty things, some terrible things, some things that we can't get out of, some things that by the grace we are, but it left some scars. But yeah, that's one of the things that I often think about is like, like how can I foster a relationship with my girls mm-hmm. where as they get older, they trust and they know that I love them and I have their, their best interests at heart. Yeah. Dang. Dang, Ken, that's good stuff. Very and sad, man. I never would have, yeah. would have thought of these things or even thought about like, how much of a weight it would be on my heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, but uh, we have a good father, right? Right. Yeah. Who's who's there, and he's and he's he's always drawing us back to him, and just come back. It's safe in my arms, right? Right. Don't have to go after the the. You don't have to long for the. The pods that the pig are eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Ken, I, whew, I'm going to be chewing on that today. Definitely. <laughs> Since you're not, you're right. And I, I don't have kids, right? So I don't, I don't get to like. You have a dog. I do have a dog and he's a wonderful, wonderful animal. And I love him to death, but but I don't sit there and think, does he not listen to my voice? Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> you can at least put him in a cage. <laughs> I do that. I'm. I might not even have kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Or or what you would give up for your kids? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and 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 then to think of God, what He gave up for His kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave up his his son in a manner, you know, after after a manner. So that's love. Like I feel like we've redefined love in a, in the modern world in in this very superficial, artificial, like, well, love is love. Well, okay, but can't define ever, the word with the word. Right. Like you <laughs> That doesn't work. You and what what does what does love mean? Oh well, love yeah. is love. I recently went to a wedding where in the vows uh, they said until we stop loving each other instead of until death do we part. And I said, well, that's going to be a short marriage. <laughs> right. It's just somebody <laughs> leave know? the toilet seat up. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking because they're defining love by feelings. Yeah. And by uh, instead of by commitment. Right. Yep. Wow. And that commitment is huge. Yeah. And, um, you know, we know that God is committed to us. Mm -hmm. 
you know. Absolutely. He's already shown it time and time. Like we can, we can. We, like we're blessed. Paul talks about how like we're blessed because we've seen it. Like we know, we may not have been in exile, but we can read and look back and be like, man, like God really did say He was going to do what He's He was going to do, mm-hmm. and we can trust that. And then even in our own lives, like time and time when God came through, we're yeah. able to say like, man, God, God really came through on that one, and I can just. It just helps us to trust him a little bit more. Yeah. And trust is, or love is a commitment. It's a choice. It's a, mm-hmm. I'm going to commit to loving this person when they're not particularly doing things that make me want to love them. Right. <laughs> Through that, I'm still going to choose to love them because that's what love is. Not this superficial, artificial feeling like, well, I just fell out of love with someone. Well, if you fall into love with somebody, yeah, you're going to fall back out of love with someone. That's how that works because right. you're putting so much faith on flippant feelings that are so fickle. I'm now I'm using all Fs, but but feelings <laughs> are fickle. They're they're malleable based on I mean, I wake up on the wrong side of the bed, I'm cranky and love no one girl, you know, or I need a Snickers cause I'm hungry and I'm cranky and hangry. And <laughs> I'm not very loving, but that doesn't, if you put all your faith in, in those as your, as your guiding principles, who you're going to, your life is going to be really, really hard. And no wonder we have so much mental health struggles. Right. And I'm not, I'm not poo pooing mental health. I'm not, what I'm saying is we trust our feelings far too much. And then and feelings are important. You need to feel your feelings. I mean, I'm, I go to therapy. I was just had a, had a, an appointment yesterday. And one of the things, Jen, you got to feel your feelings, but at the end of the day, your feelings don't rule you. And if right. they do, that's where you, you can often get struggled with life because, Oh, I feel like no one loves me. Well, why do you feel that? Cause you don't love yourself probably. Mm-hmm. At least a, as a as a first starting point is you got to learn how to figure out what does it mean to to love myself. What does it mean to to let God love me? Like, do we allow God to love us? What right. does that look like? Yeah, and it comes back to that trust. Can we? Right. Why do people not let others in because they don't trust them? Right. Right. And then breaking down that to even to to more simplified and asking well why come people don't you how come you don't trust people like what has happened right you know in your own life yeah feelings feelings are important but feelings sometimes are like perspectives we may have a certain perspective on things but it doesn't mean that it's the right one or the true one mm-hmm. so being able to work through feelings and and even like having an emotional intelligence and say okay well why am i feeling like this right why do i feel like i don't want to be bothered with anyone or yeah. I want to lash out. Yep. Taking a step back. Thinking about the feelings. Because yeah. thinking about feelings. God gave us a God gave us a brain. We're circling back. Yeah. Right. God gave us a brain and a heart. Yeah. <laughs> and the gut. Because actually in scripture you feel with your yeah. gut. Um, but and and he's not afraid of those things, right? He and he meets us in all of those venues. Right. Right. Um, but he's not, you know, he's not, um, afraid of our humanity. Right. You know, sometimes I think created it. So (laughs) in Christendom, sometimes I think we try to just turn into little 
I don't know, little walking spiritual robots. All right. And we try to suppress our feelings and our thoughts and our um, dreams is that whatever to, to, and put on this, this godly facade of what we think that's supposed to look like. Yeah. Um, but God gave us our, our brains and our dreams and our desires and he, and he engages in all of those areas mm -hmm. to make us more, you know, as fully human as we can be. Yeah. And I think we can only do that when we allow God to enter into those venues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Working on it, working out our faith in those spaces. Well, and as, as you said early on, Ken, uh, to work out our faith in fear and trembling, as it says in scripture in Philippians, right. um, you know, God wants all of us. And sometimes we don't even plumb the depths of our own selves to be able to say, God, you have it because I don't even, I don't even know it exists yet. Right. right. Um, there's some things that are so, and that's where self, self introspection is, is a healthy thing. Um, it can be unhealthy if it gets obsessive to obsessive levels, but like, what does it mean to, to be loved, right? What does it mean to be a child of God? What does it mean to be, you know, someone worthy of, of the gift of Christ? And if you see yourself in the way that God sees you, does that change your perspective? And if you see others in the way God sees them, does that change your perspective? Right. Because it should. <laughs> yeah, it should. Yeah, faith, 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 and works go hand in hand, and mm -hmm. like we can we can be legalistic on either side, but ultimately, like that that perfect harmony comes when you know who, like you know God's love, which then prompts you to love others. I think that's what you were saying with Amanda. Why why we often Put up this facade or or we become like these robots is because we're trying to we're trying to fabricate it mm -hmm. and rightfully so we have the right intentions like we, we want to be transformed um but like we got to do it in in the manner which christ did it right. and even knowing that for christ like how how often did he have to withdraw himself mm -hmm. but but ultimately he he knew he he did all that he did because he knew god's will yeah. So everything they did, he 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 never did anything outside of God's will, even mm -hmm. when he was afraid and was like, "Oh Lord, if if, if there's another way, you know, I, I do wonder if he knew if there was another way. Like he probably, I mean, because it's only the only way was, you know, but maybe there was another way. Who knows? But ultimately, you know, he he knew God's will and yeah. he fulfilled it. And now look at us. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, it's about that time, I think. I would, Kenneth. I this has been a joy and a pleasure. I hope that you've had a good time too. Um, uh, we'd love to have you on again sometime. So yeah, let me know. This was fun. So, uh, whew, there are some things to chew on from this conversation, and I feel like I feel like this one's going to be a, a great one for some uh, some folks who are listening. Um, so yeah. Kenneth, thank you so much for coming on. Maybe next time we can get your wife on as well. I know she was last minute, uh, something came up, but uh, we loved having you on. And Amanda, you got any closing thoughts? 
No, it's just always a pleasure to talk to Ken, um, whether it's in my living room floor at uh, seminary or right now on Zoom. It's just, it's always great. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. And, I, and I, it, it's a joy to knowing that, you know, there's other believer session mates and, yeah. and um, those who are just trying to work out their faith as well. You know, it's a, it's a, it's t- it's a tough time with yeah. pastors because yeah. of yeah. a lot of the issues that are going through and from monetary to power to sex. Um, but we're human, right? Like we, we, mm-hmm. we got the same standard that Christ expects of everyone. We're just yeah. entrusted with the truth and we mm-hmm. wear that on our chest. So God bless you guys and, yeah. and what you're doing as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as I close every, every, every podcast, God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. So we'll catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.